Fort Worth. Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. You're listening to the best of Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamia. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. Heading over to Roma to speak with our very own Joan Lewis. And Joni, this is such a beautiful time of year around the world, but especially what I call the motherland for me with my heritage. And Deacon Domini, a couple of years ago, right before COVID actually, we did spend Christmas in Rome and we went to the Terdebo and a couple of the other towns and we went to... Uh, um, uh, let's see, uh, Lake... Uh, well, Greccio you yeah, went well, to. Well, Greccio we went to this last time, but I'm talking when oh, we stayed in Rome. Recent. That yeah. was recent, but right. we stayed in Rome. Um, oh, Bracciano, we went to Lago di Bracciano, just north of Rome. And they have a lot of these little towns around Rome on the outskirts, as it's very true in the rest of Italy. I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but I'm just sharing it with our listeners. Have these wonderful little Christmas markets, and so it's very, very festive. And you can go, and you can you can you can see different uh, Christmas scenes set up, and it's just just beautiful. And usually they keep them up through Epiphany, but Rome, the lights in Rome for yeah. Christmas are just over the top, aren't they? Well, you, you know what's so special this year? Everything's over the top because I've prepared a special to air this weekend on Christmas and New Year's in the Vatican and in Rome. A little bit of history, and then what you know what happens to uh, currently. And currently, it's wonderful simply because uh, 20 was like a maximum, uh, 2020, a maximum shutdown. You know, you, you couldn't even sit next to your grandparents at dinner type stuff, um, mm-hmm. much less go out in public. So 2021, things were closed uh, to a lesser degree, but here we are. Oh, my gosh. The festivities and the music and the lights and the trees and, and Rome. It, it's like, okay, I'm going to wear my best dress ever to this event. Mm-hmm. And it's like the city is, you know, is putting on its its best uh, its best uniform, et cetera. But um, it, it's just wonderful because to see it come to life after two years of closure, and there there is so much history here. And you mentioned the markets. I think a lot of people probably think more of Germany and Austria for for Christmas markets, and they are special and they are beautiful. But I think people think um, probably less aware simply of the fact that they exist um, in Italy and. Uh, so many customs little that you'll hear me talk about over the weekend uh, on this special on my show Vatican Insider but you know there's towns that have bonfires on Christmas Eve many of the smaller towns especially in mountain areas and um, by the way December 26 this is only in Italy I guess December 26 is the feast of Saint Stephen Santo Stefano mm-hmm. and that is a huge holiday in Italy right. and definitely a day off and and you know it's it's a name day for anybody called Stephen because the the name day the onomastico is a very big day for Italians as well as um as any birthday is but you know there's gastronomic specialties in this holiday not just uh, decorations and gifts and obviously there's the most obvious beautiful liturgies but um there's all kinds of gastronomic uh, festivities, if you will, the making of the, the famous panettone and uh, fish dinners on Christmas Eve. And That's then what I'm doing. Big... I'm doing the fish dinner. Yeah. Saturday night. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then 
great big um, meat and other goodies filled dinner, you know, for for Christmas, and then you have to have Santa Stefano off because you have to get over. Uh, <laughs> you need a day to get over all that <laughs> indulgence, right? I'm yeah. laughing because that's so, so true. It's crazy. It's like this. This just it's just amazing. Yeah. But the panettone, they're so wonderful. I mean, they are just. And you know, they make really good French toast, and then you can also freeze them, and uh, you can like heat them up and oh, just toast them in the oven and everything. Oh yeah, French, French toast. toast. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Delish. Well, I'll certainly have to try that. And, and the panettone, of course, which began, I don't know exactly what year, but it began in Milan. And and yep. um, I also happen to love Pandoro, but I, I don't think it's as well known, uh, certainly outside the borders of Italy, as, as is panettone. You know, it's one of those things you bring home for your relatives uh, in America, or your family, even if they're not Italian. Uh, but they're easier to get in Italy, too. So, But, you know, the Vatican, uh, I mentioned liturgies a few minutes ago, and the Vatican, of course, came out with the uh, the schedule for the papal liturgies and and um, at Christmas time. And he's got, obviously, I think everybody probably knows the basics, the Midnight Mass in the Basilica. Oh, I was really amused. I got an email uh, about 10 days ago from a gal who wanted to know if any of the churches in Rome had Christmas Eve Masses. And um, I wrote back and told her I was amused by her by her question. I said, yes, mm-hmm. they all have Christmas Eve Masses. And right. if you want it in English, there's St. Patrick's, etc. So there is the Christmas Eve Mass, but which in the past really used to be called Midnight Mass, because that's right. when it began. Mm-hmm. But it will begin at 7.30 p.m. Rome time, and um, obviously EWTN will have that. And Christmas Day, the Holy Father gives the papal blessing um, and prayer called at noon, called the Urbi and Orbi. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. Urbi to the city, Orbi to the world, and Urbi, the Latin, of course, uh, from where we get the word urban. Mm-hmm. And um, usually in this blessing and prayer that Pope, he highlights humanitarian crises, war, war-torn countries, and and many other situations, poverty, violence, etc., around the world that, that need prayer. And New Year's Eve, the Pope will say Vespers in St. Peter's Basilica at 5 p.m., and the Blessed Sacrament will be exposed for adoration. And New Year's Day, January 1st, we call it New Year's Day, but it's the Solemnity of Mary, the Holy Mother of God, and obviously the Pope will say Mass for that. That's in the Basilica at 10 a.m. And then the Epiphany, um, January 6th, the arrival of the of the kings, of the Magi, uh, the Pope offers Mass again at 10 a.m. in St. Peter's. So lots on the calendar. And for many, the Epiphany is the final day of Christmas, um, for some, the baptism of our Lord is. Right. And actually, Teresa, for years in the Vatican, uh, un- until Pope Francis, actually, the um, the, the tr- traditional ending of the Christmas season was the February 2nd Feast of the Presentation uh, um, mm-hmm. of the Child right. of Jesus in the Temple. And that's when the Vatican, all the Vatican decorations, including the tree and nativity scene in St. Peter's Square, they all stayed up until that day. But this year they'll be coming out about coming down about a month earlier. Mm-hmm. So lots to look forward to here from the point of view of liturgy, from the point of view of family celebrations, and then all of the uh, you know secular festivities 
linked with New Year's. And there's a, bit, uh, a one nativity scene that's open all year long, about two feet, I mean about two blocks from my house. And it's the street sweepers. I love that. I'm so glad you mentioned it. Uh, yes. And Teresa, it's 50 years old now. Mm-hmm. It was put up in, in 1972. One of the street sweepers, his name is Giovanni uh, Ioni, and um, he realized, now wait a minute, policemen have their own, the policemen of Rome have their big crib. The firemen of Rome have a big crib. Parishes have one. So why shouldn't the street sweepers? So he started out to recreate, which is actually very popular in Italy, to recreate an entire village. And as as you know well, maybe I'll try and publish some of my pictures. And I've done a, a video on it as well. Mm-hmm. But um, you're looking at this village. It's a mountainous village, and there's streams, and there's homes, and you see, you know, what looks like is the women in the kitchen making bread or panettone, and you see somebody else tending to the little animals. And what I love, in the lower right-hand corner of this huge scene, which anybody can see all year long, it's open. It has more hours at Christmas, obviously, than it does during the year, but I'll put that info on my blog. In the lower right-hand corner is the uh, nativity scene of the uh, birth of Christ in the, in the manger. And what is so cute is that the bed in which Jesus is is kind of woven from the tips of the um, brushes. That's not what I want to say, brooms, that the street sweepers use. So, And they use these amazing brooms that look like they're from another century. But um, and so they cut off the tips, they wove them together and created the bed. And I believe the door to the manger uh, scene is from wood from Bethlehem. So mm. uh, that that was a fun place to visit, wasn't it? Yes, yes, it really is. It's it's so unique, I'll, I'll tell you. And hopefully you can repost some of those pictures. That would be great for people to see that. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing and for then, Christmas, you know, by the way? Are you, are you here? Are you in Rome? I, I will be here. The day will begin with... With Mass, obviously, at St. Patrick's, I will be a reader. And um, the Gingriches, Newt, and our former Ambassador Callista will be back in town, and we will be spending Christmas together, so I'm looking forward to that. And um, and hope I don't have to rest on the 26th from overindulgence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, no, lots of lots of friends in town and lots of events and and. Um, at EWTN, our Christmas will begin on Friday, and we also have Monday off after Christmas. So, a nice period to enjoy all these nativity scenes, walk around Rome, take pictures, go over to St. Peter's Square, because I haven't posted any pictures yet of that Christmas tree. And, you know, a minute ago you mentioned Via del Corso with the amazing lights. Right. Um, I think anybody who's listening to us who's been to Rome, they know Piazza Venezia. Mm-hmm. And, you know, over the past few years, like three or four years ago, there was a tree which was called the skeleton. I mean, there was so much space in between each branch that it was unbelievable. Very ugly. And uh, finally, last year, we got a really decent tree in Piazza Venezia. And this year, a nice one, although it does look a little better at night. But the only thing I would take away from Piazza Venezia, we've lit the tree with like a dozen solar panels. Huge panels that almost make you look at the panels instead of the tree. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, I, I know ecology and, and a whole bunch of good things, but preserving energy when our bills have gone up enormously. Um, in any case, it's there, you know, 
Joan Lewis can't change it single-handedly, but... Um, so I think I'll just have to go ahead and enjoy it. <laughs> there you go. And enjoy the rest of it for us. Yeah. And you always take such great photos, so please pass them on. Let me wish you a, a Merry, Merry Christmas, Buon Natale. And we will talk uh, next week, God willing, as we move into the new year. And we could talk more about the fireworks and what else the Holy Father is doing and look forward to it. Joan, have a beautiful Christmas. Thanks for all you do. Another great year of your reporting from Rome. And God willing, look forward to another year coming up. My goodness, in just a few days. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for almost 20 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent millions of dollars to thousands of pro-life charities. 5G coverage is available nationwide and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. Live chat and a video introduction are available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Hi, this is Vanessa Denha-Garmo. Advent is a wonderful time to celebrate our most important gifts as Catholics, faith and family. These gifts have to be nurtured on a regular basis. But how can we do that during the busy Advent and Christmas season? There's an app that can help. It's called Catholic Home. That's Catholic H-O-M or Catholic Households on Mission. This app has everything you need to encounter Christ more meaningfully as a family. With the Catholic Home app, you can access creative activities and engaging resources, and an active community backed by expert support. Catholic home professionals will walk alongside you, giving you the answers you need for more joyful, loving Catholic marriage and family. And now you can get 50% off your first month of the premium version of the Catholic Home app. Go to catholichome.com to download a premium version and use code AVE at checkout. Again, go to Catholic Home and use the code AVE for 50% off your first month. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. With so much going on in the world, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. What do you need to know today? Stay tuned to Cresta in the Afternoon and Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio as we bring you the day's top stories and conversations from an authentic Catholic perspective. You're listening to the best of Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. Looking forward to having another great conversation with the wonderful priest, Father Michael Sliney. He is Legionnaire of Christ. He was ordained a priest in Rome back in 1998. Now, before thinking about the priesthood, discerning it, and studying for the priesthood, he was actually studying mechanical engineering, and he's a homeboy, Michigan State University. He was there as a Spartan for two years before entering the Legion. As a seminarian, he earned a bachelor's in philosophy from the University of St. Thomas Aquinas and degrees in philosophy and theology from the Pontifical Regina Apostolorum College in Rome. And as you recall, he was on with us in the spring about his powerful experience as a runner in the Boston Marathon. And Father Michael wrote us and talked about a new series of presentations he's been giving that have been very well received. And especially this time of year, what a great topic to look at the word gift as an acronym, but particularly when it comes to gift being the gift of adversity. 
which most of us, Father, would not think of adversity as a gift. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. No, that's true, Teresa. In fact, if you Google count your blessings, it's all over the Internet. If you Google count your crosses as blessings, it doesn't exist. Yeah, so right. I'd love to see that as a, as a bumper sticker. Yeah. So how did you come up with this idea of taking the word gift and turning mm-hmm. it into an acronym when it comes to challenges in our lives and in our faith walk? Well, you know, like you, in my own personal life, I've, I've considered the cross as a gift. I mean, just that word is real for me. I, you know, it's been the greatest blessing I've received, having lost two siblings, a mom and a dad, having a sister in a wheelchair, having a brother with two special needs kids. I, I've seen what it's done to my family. It's a hard gift, right? It's a, it's a bittersweet gift. And then I just thought, look, let's use this word gift. Let's make it work. So I came up with a, a letter for each for each. Um, you know, uh, an acronym for that word. And it, so I broke it down into, into kind of four different dimensions, two, spir- two human dimensions and two spiritual dimensions. So, so let's, let's start at the beginning with the letter G, and you refer to this as a growth opportunity. Explain. That's right. Yeah, I, I think you really can't grow unless you're stretched. You really can't make progress unless you're pushed beyond your limit and taken out of your comfort zone. And no one likes that. No one likes to be asked to do something that they don't feel comfortable with. That's hard for them. It's challenging. It's difficult. You know, as a runner, I remember training for the Boston Marathon, and, and, and my friend said, Mike, you're not going to do well in this race unless you love hills. you got to love the hill, embrace the hills, because that's what Boston's about. You know, you're going to see a lot of them out there. And, and, you know, having that attitude of getting excited about a hill, getting excited about a difficulty is an opportunity to kind of push yourself, to challenge yourself, to gain graces, to offer it up. It kind of flips the switch, you mm-hmm. know, from being something you dread to something you're actually enthusiastic about, and your whole mindset changes, right? So, I mean, just on a human level, and it does, look, you do grow. If you embrace the cross with love, you come out in a better spot. Right. You're stronger, you're closer to God, you have deeper character. Everyone wants this strong character. Well, that's how you get it. And that's how you that's how you gain virtue, right? Virtue yeah. is a habit that's forged in the fire. We had a Bible a Bible study leader years ago that used to say, "This is when I was in a woman's Bible study. All sunshine <laughs> makes a desert." She said that was an Arab proverb, wasn't in scripture, so to speak. <laughs> but if you think about it, it's very true, right? How do we do? Yeah. We ever learn anything when everything's hunky dory and wonderful? No, not really. No, I agree. I I, I really think it kind of for at least for me. It, it helps me realize maybe my potential that I didn't think I had. Mm-hmm. And even right now, I'm talking to you on this radio interview, Teresa. I, I was terrified to pick up the phone as a kid. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't give a speech in front of my, my, my buddies that seemed you go to Hills. I mean, I almost passed out in front of my entire school trying to read a fourth-grade presentation. And here I am. God said, hey, I want you to be a priest. You know, get used to it. So I mean, it's taken a long time. To not really care what people think, but I'm so glad God didn't back off and say, well, I feel sorry for you, and it's okay. You'll never have to read in public. You'll never have to speak yeah. in public. Wow. You know, never would have known that, Father. You never no, would get the true. impression that, that you would ever have any problems speaking publicly. Yeah, I would just kind of freak out. I'd get really anxious. My heart would race, and Aww. eventually uh, God helped me with that. But, I mean, that would be an example. Maybe some of your listeners had that fear, too, because I think it's real for a lot of people. Right. No. Well, no, they say the fear of the fear of public speaking. Isn't that the number one fear most people have? It is. It's at least one of the it top is. fears. Yeah, concerns. Yeah, it's one of the top fears. Yeah, yeah exactly. We're talking yeah, with so Father be... Michael. Well, let me, let me just reintroduce you, Father, in case people are tuning okay, sure. in, because I don't want them to miss who you are. And, we, and where do we find you online? Do you have a Facebook page, or how can we reach out to you? I do. I have Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, 
so it's it, it just be Father Michael Sliney uh, on all those on all those sites. I also have a Sliney.org blog, so I kind of post all my stuff there, all my stuff there as well. And I also do a Radio Maria show once a month. Oh, good for you! Um, and the uh, so the last name is spelled just so people know, S L I N E Y. And just saying, right. we're proud because he's a Michigander originally from Michigan, from actually southeastern Michigan. See, Hugo the Hill is such a beautiful parish and very active to this day. All right, so we're yeah. talking about the word gift, the gift of yeah. adversity as an acronym, which is a presentation that Father has been doing recently, very well received. So we talked about the letter G. Let's get yeah. to the letter I, and you're referring to holy indifference. Yeah, holy indifference, which is not apathy. It's not. It's not kind of letting things happen as they come. It's. It's not being too attached to a result. It's doing your best and leaving the rest in God's hands. Mm. Okay, and it's also and this, and for me this is really important, Teresa. You know, for those people that are are high achievers, that are type A, you know, kind of get things done people. I think they they have a lot of anxiety in their lives because they feel they should always be knocking it out of their park, out of the park every presentation. Every meeting, every challenge has to be overcome at the highest level. And nobody can do that. I don't care who you are. So it's, it's you know, you know what? I'm going to give it my best shot. Yesterday, I ran my best marathon out of eight marathons, okay? And, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen. And I said, God, I'm going to run with St. Therese. I'm offering, offering this up for vocations. Let's, let's see what happens. And it turned out great. But if it didn't, I'd be okay with it because I did my best. I trained my best. So I really feel... You know, this, this stress, this anxiety, this, this, you know, internal angst that people go through is often caused because they feel they have to hit this result. You know, all these kids, I have to get an A on this test. I have to get a 1600 SAT. I have to get into, into the University of Michigan. I have to get into Harvard. And, you know, not everyone's going to do that. And life doesn't end if you don't. So it's, it's kind of recognizing, number one, what you actually can do, where your gifts are, which takes some humility, right? Yeah. Say, you know what? I'm really not that guy that's going to get into Harvard. Or I'm not that guy that's going to shoot a 72 on the golf course, okay? Or whatever you're, you're – I'm not the guy that's going to, you know, knock this interview out of the park. I'm going to do my best. It'll be good. But, you know, but, but at the same time, to really give it your best, you know, to really pour yourself into it and say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do everything I can with what you gave me, but the results are in your hands. Exactly. And that brings a lot of peace. Right. It brings a lot of peace. And I'm so glad you said to start in terms of breaking down this word as an acronym, this word gift as an acronym, that holy indifference is not apathy. Like, oh, well, no big deal. We don't care what happens. No. God's got this. Of course, God has it. But we're also, as St. Teresa of Avila says, called to be his hands and feet. But the results are up to him. And, and I felt exactly. this way. After the election in Michigan, as you know, being a Michigan native, we were hit with such a major defeat with Prop 3 and with the re-election sure. of the most liberal, pro-abortion, pro-everything-else governor that we've ever seen in the Great Lakes state. And it was it was really a, a, a punch in the gut. But at the same time, to me, I was I was feeling very good about what we did as a faith community, Catholic, Protestant, people coming together, atheists joining us, even pro-choicers. I really don't think they're pro-choice. They just don't know that they're pro-life yet. But so many people coming together and really working hard and really getting out there. But for whatever reason, God allowed uh, this to happen. He didn't cause it to happen, but that's what happened. But I felt at ease because I know that mo that all of us did whatever we could to make a difference and that lots of seeds were planted. And God, is uh, the results are up to him. Exactly. Well, you know, it's interesting. I was actually praying outside an abortion clinic with a bunch of folks on Saturday morning. First of all, that, that's a powerful experience. Um, looking inside that building, we actually saw a couple young ladies go in. They looked very distraught, very troubled. Obviously, it, they were probably on their way to having an abortion. 
it just broke my heart to think, you know, right now women are allowing a baby to be killed. What is, what is that going to do to the woman? That child's not going to come into the world. And I remember there was a gentleman there praying, and he prays there all the time. He said, you know, Father, this is a spiritual battle, and we just got to keep fighting. We got to keep trusting. But it was so encouraging to see these other people beside my group praying there, and they're there all the time, you mm-hmm. know? So I, I do think it's prayer and sacrifice, and, and I think it's, it's um, you know, not being afraid to talk about these issues. As Catholics, we're pro-life. I'm not going to—we're unabashedly pro-life, and not just pro-life when it comes to abortion, but when it comes to euthanasia and— you know, letting letting God dictate when and how that life is going to start and how it's going to end, right? Yeah. You can't get involved in that. That's that's His sovereignty. But yeah, so not losing hope in that. I think that's huge. Yeah, Never absolutely. losing hope. All right, so we have two letters left, obviously, faith, or the letter F and letter T, faith and trust. And we have about two minutes left, so I, I'm going to wait till we get after the break to dive into those. But how did you come up with this, first of all, this idea for those just tuning in in terms of using the word gift as an acronym? Well, you know, I, I love the word gift, number one, and, and I think I really feel everything is a gift from God. And, and I, you know, I just said, God, how can I use this word to come up with some type of mantra people can remember? And I just let my brain go, and I think the Holy Spirit came up with it. It's not me, Teresa. Okay, so right. if you ask me how it happened, I think the Holy Spirit kind of put it together. I just gave a talk to a bunch of parents at an all-girls school. They loved it. They want me to talk to their girls about it. I think this this concept of getting excited about suffering is what people need to hear today, because there's a lot of value in it. A lot of Father, value I told you, you should write a book about this. This is really good, this acronym. Thank you. Seriously. It's, you've got enough material here uh, to write a book, and I think it will be very, very encouraging, and I hope you continue to talk about it. We're going to finish this discussion with Father Michael Sliney regarding using the word gift as an acronym. The gift, though, of adversity. Something seriously to think about, especially this season. We'll be right back. Are you a parent in need of funds to help you better afford sending your children to school? Are you interested in learning about a great scholarship opportunity? The Rebecca Leah Rivera Foundation is celebrating their 19th year of awarding Spirit of Love scholarships to Catholic students in the Diocese of Dallas. The application submission period will be January 2nd through February 1st, 2023. For more information about the Rebecca Leah Rivera Foundation, visit RebeccaLeahRivera.org or call 972-480-5273. Are you looking for a place to get your work done? WorkSuites provides full-service offices, meeting rooms, and co-working spaces for professionals seeking privacy and productivity. The suites come furnished, wired, and move-in ready. WorkSuites is a new sponsor of KATH 910AM and is owned by Flip Howard from St. Thomas Aquinas Parish in Dallas. Flip invites you to call 888-312-WORK or visit WorkSuites.com to see if WorkSuites fits your business needs. That's WorkSuites.com. Join Project Finding Calcutta for a half day to serve the poorest of the poor in the spirit of St. Mother Teresa. The day begins with fellowship and prayer at 9 a.m. at St. Joseph Catholic Church in Richardson in room 152 on Saturday, January 7th. Participants will separate into smaller groups to comfort the elderly by creating a beautiful garden at a nursing home, help the missionaries of charity sisters in assisting low-income families, make lunch and serve at a homeless shelter, and feed the homeless on the streets. For more information and to RSVP, visit projectfindingcalcutta.com. 
Hello, it's Todd Sluter, licensed professional counselor with Epiphany Counseling and sponsor of GRN. I've been blessed to work with many individuals, couples, teens, and families in our diocese, incorporating counseling principles with authentic Catholic values. God wants you to have a greater sense of joy and purpose. If you or someone you know are struggling to find purpose, stuck moving forward with goals in life, or a relationship is not working, you may need to seek a counselor to help regain hope and healing. You may get in touch with me at 469-556-8336. So enjoying our conversation. I hope you are too with Father Michael Sliney, Legionary of Christ Priest, a wonderful priest who does so much in evangelization. And he joined us earlier this year talking about what it was like to participate in the Boston Marathon as a priest. In addition to the practice and the time he spent out there warming up for the marathon and everything he saw and learned and the reaction might be another book there as well but right now we're talking about a presentation he's put together and i think it's a perfect discussion for this time of year talking about the quote-unquote gift of adversity with gift being an acronym okay father we talked about g for growth i for holy indifference now we go to f as in faith please okay explain. good yeah so so the first two were more kind of a human attitude the, the second two are more spiritual. So we're putting on the spiritual sunglasses now, okay? Mm-hmm. So for me, faith, and, and this this is like a fundamental principle, nothing happens to us without God allowing it, number yes. one. Nothing. Mm-hmm. And if he allows it, there's a pretty darn good chance something incredibly good can come from it. That comes from St. Paul. God brings good out of evil for those who love him. So it, it's having that sense, okay, this this difficulty, this tragedy, this this, you know, trauma I'm going through, this, I lost a loved one, I have a health issue, I just found out I have four-stage breast cancer. Okay, God has allowed this, and and the question is, what, you know, I I was giving a woman spiritual direction who had two high school kids at the time, she found out she had second-stage breast cancer, she's a full-time realtor, and she said, Father, you know, (laughs) I just got hit with some really tough news, and I mean, I'm falling apart. I'm losing my hair. I'm in chemo. You know, I may die from this. I said, okay, well, why don't you step back and ask yourself, you know, what good is God trying to bring out of this? And that helped her so much because she said, you know, God knows this is going on. He's behind it, and he's trying to bring maybe even a better good, maybe even a better good out of it. And, you know, I was telling you earlier, having a sister in a wheelchair, having a brother with two special needs kids, um, you know, seeing how that transformed them, my brother and sister, into really holy people. Man, I mean, really holy, joyful people. That that attitude of acceptance with love, you know, and even quoting St. Therese of Lisieux, she said, I love the thorns that guard the rose. You know, everyone wants the rose. Everybody wants joy and happiness and fulfillment, but there's only one way to the rose, through the thorns. Right. you got to go through those thorns, you know, and... Once you start getting pricked by the thorns, most people back off. you got to say, God, if you want me to go through these thorns to get to the rose, to get to this intimacy, to get to this joy, to get to this fulfillment, then let's do it together. And, and, and that's, where, that's where trust comes in, which is my final letter, right. trust, which is really you know, not doing it alone, not, not going into this battle right, without the armor of God, without Jesus and Mary at your side, without the saints protecting us and helping us. And frankly, um, I have a subtitle for the talk, which is flipping the switch from stress to enthusiasm, okay? Mm. And the word enthusiasm is a Greek word that comes from entheos, in God. 
And Ooh. people, and you have it. I mean, that's a gift you have for you. Because I think you're in God. You must, you must have the grace of God flowing through you because every single day you project enthusiasm. Not just, you know, a happy, dynamic, you know, forceful voice. You've got God coming through these airwaves. And your listeners, I'm one of them, enjoy that. It's amazing. Oh, thank you, it's Father. Beautiful. Thank you. So, so we need to be in God so we get enthusiastic about the cross, you know? And even I was, I was listening to a podcast on dealing with stress, and apparently 30% of Americans die from stress-related illness. Wow. And, this, and the speaker said that, you know, the, the, uh, the first reaction of stress and the first reaction of enthusiasm are kind of the same biologically. Like, your system feels this rush. But one goes south and one goes north. So how can we change that fear? Like, man, this is terrible. And say, yes, this is great, right? It's say, yes, this is great because God's going to be with me. God's going to walk with me. God's going to be close to me. I can do all things in him and whom I put my trust, St. Right, right. Paul. Yeah, and, yeah. And, that's, and that's something I think people have to experience, you know, daily mass, daily adoration, daily rosary, daily adoration. And just having that, that, you know, attitude of leaning into God, leaning into our Blessed Mother. It's but, a Father, thing. as a priest, I, I, you probably know, and my husband, as you know, is a deacon, and you have a brother who's a deacon. We talk about this a lot, that suffering is the biggest, probably the biggest thing that keeps people mm-hmm. away from God. It's, it's this interesting story I wanted to share with you. Last year, Ave Maria Radio celebrated its 25th anniversary. We had a beautiful celebration uh, in the summertime, brought many people out, and there's a gentleman who listens. He may even be listening now, although he told me personally he's a bigger fan of Al Cresta than Teresa Tommy. I said, hey, that's fine. Whatever floats your boat. I love Al. He's amazing. You know, everybody has their own particular, you know, shows that they yeah. listen to. That's fine. I wasn't offended by that at all. But he said to me, he said, one of the reasons I'm, but he's an atheist. He says, one of the reasons I'm still an atheist because I just don't understand suffering and yet i said to myself but he's still listening and he made his way to an ave maria yeah. radio celebration so to me he's a lot further along than he is at least willing to admit but he has a hard time with the suffering and my and we were talking about this i said okay i said that's that's a big issue nobody's going to dismiss that i said but also what do you say about all the goodness you have in your life what about all the gifts how do we feel about god then do we praise him because he's done so much for us or do we only look at the suffering? Because no matter who we are, whether we're atheist, agnostic, Catholic, evangelical, Hindu, whatever we are, every single person is going to suffer because we live in a fallen world. It's what we do yeah. with that and how we grow from that that makes a difference. And that's why Christianity is so different. No, I agree. I, I mean, I would say I would start with the crucifix. I mean, Christ suffered himself, so it kind of needs to be there. If we're following Christ, we shouldn't be surprised by suffering. I mean, that, that's just, it's, it's just part of being a Christian. But like you said, I, th- I think the devil actually can make his focus on the one black spot. Right. That one little, in, in, whereas like 90% of our life is pretty darn good, you know, on, on many levels, on a human level, on a spiritual level. Most of your listeners have faith. Imagine life without faith, you know, not believing in God, not having a relationship with Christ, not, not knowing who we are and where we're going. Just that alone. Right. For me, it blows everything else out of the water, and so many people take that for granted. So, so I agree. I, I think we need to be fair, and we need to be grateful for all the gifts God gave us, and also be grateful that He's allowing us to imitate His Son in this path of sanctification. You, you know, it, it, there really is not Easter Sunday without Good Friday. And Amen. You can't yeah. be a saint unless you get crucified, and, and, that, and it's not so bad. I mean, you can actually be joyful in the suffering if you embrace it with love. God gives joy to the hearts that embrace the cross with love. I'm convinced of that. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, Kristalina Everett, I don't know if you heard about this, but she put together a compilation of stories 
and I was proud to contribute to it. Women made new reflections on adversity, transformation, and healing. And oh, wow. she's been telling me that so many women, and this is written for women in particular, but I think anybody could read it, that so many women are, are reaching out to her and saying that the stories of challenge and growth and adversity are helping so many women out there put things in perspective and learn from what they're going through. I mean, I don't think there's going to be very few of us that are going to be like my patron, St. Teresa of Avila, where they ask for suffering. I mean, come on, let's be honest, right? <laughs> no, actually, that's but a, that's the one thing I have learned, and I'm sure you've learned this too, is when you go through it, okay, what am I supposed to learn from this? I don't want this. Exactly. This stinks. Basta. Enough. But what am yeah. I supposed to learn from this? Amen. I agree 100%. And, and, and I think there is a lesson behind it. And frankly, we really can't make progress unless we do go through these bumps and challenges. It's right. impossible. Yeah. Well, so. Father, thank you for this. What a great topic uh, this time of year. So important. I'm telling you, Padre, there's a book in here. Think about it. Okay. I will. I'll endorse I'll it for it. you as a fellow Michigander. I appreciate that. Okay. <laughs> that sounds great. Thank you. Father, have a great okay. Christmas. Enjoy the rest okay. of Advent. Our friend, Father Michael Sliney, S-L-I-N-E-Y, originally from my home state of Michigan. We're so proud of him. Does a talk now all about the gift, yep, of adversity as an acronym. His last name, S-L-I-N-E-Y. If you want to check him out on Facebook or Sliney.org where he blogs. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. More Catholic Connection coming up. Father Benedict. Keeping you informed and inspired. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. News and information, Catholic conversation, inspiration, fun, and prizes are involved. Log on to our website to get all the details, to find all the information, the podcast, the videos, and so much more. GRNonline.com. That's GRNonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. Victory Investment Strategies is a sponsor of KATH 910 AM. They pray for continued blessings on all who make Catholic Radio possible in North Texas. The unique programming is vital to our daily lives. Victory Investment Strategies is a full-service investment firm owned by Joel and Elizabeth Victory, members of St. Patrick Cathedral in Fort Worth. They offer a variety of products and will customize a plan to fit your individual needs. 866-810-6800. 866-810-6800. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA SIPC. The Religious Sisters and Consecrated Women in the Diocese of Dallas invite high school girls from 10th through 12th grade to meet the sisters and hear about their life. The day starts with Mass in St. Rita's Parish in Dallas at 10 a.m. on Saturday, February 25th. Then join the sisters for a brunch and hear about their vocation stories and life in the community. For more information, contact Tammy Grady at tgrady at regnumchristi.net or call 214-907-9906. Looking for a career move where you can put your faith into action as you build relationships within your local community? Decided Excellence Catholic Media is one of the fastest growing private media companies in North America. We are seeking media, marketing, and sales professionals who want to join our team to produce exclusive faith-filled magazines that support local businesses. To learn more about Decided Excellence Catholic Media, please visit DecidedExcellence.com. That's DecidedExcellence.com. Hello, my name is Liliana, and we're blessing it to Aunt Teresa. You're listening to the best of Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamia. 
Welcome back, Catholic Connections. The true meaning of Christmas. There's a concept for you. The birth of Jesus and the origins of the season by our guest, Michael Patrick Barber. Beautiful book, and the cover is gorgeous as well. And it's so important, and we're just talking uh, to Dr. Barber during the break about how it is so important to get people back to church because there's many people who fell away during COVID, and especially this time of year, now that we can, thanks be to God, go back to Mass in most places. What an opportunity, and this book is such a great resource. And Dr. Barber, what I love about it is the way you've broken it down, the chapters, you use the the title of various uh, Christmas carols, and I mean traditional Christmas carols, hymns. I mean, these are beautiful hymns talking about, well, I'll be home for Christmas, is special, of course, but O Come, Come, Emmanuel, Christ is Born of Mary, What Child Is This, Wayne and Major. How did you come up with this idea to, to use these titles for your for your chapters? Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. It was pretty, it was pretty natural. Uh, I, I just really wanted to talk about things that I know people already love. And the easiest way to do that, the easiest way in, is to begin with what's familiar. And everybody knows these Christmas songs, but most people don't know what they mean, right? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Silent Night, Round Yon Virgin, Mother and Child. What does that mean, Round Yon Virgin, <laughs> right? So, there are so many, there are so many parts of these songs that we sing, but we don't really think about very much. And I, I felt like it was a, a pretty easy way to, to catch people's attention and to, you know, make them interested in Christmas. <laughs> yeah. And this is a book too that can be passed on with, with great information and background about, as the title says, a true meaning of Christmas, correct? That's right. Yeah. So there's a lot of really unreliable information out there. Um, I'm a, I'm a Bible scholar, and uh, I'm, I frequently get frustrated when I hear uh, some of the same things said over and over and over again that are, that are just actually not true. And so it, it was, in a, in a certain sense, I wanted to set the record straight, but I feel like the, the more clear we are about Christmas, uh, the more deeply we can enter into the joy and the, and the meaning of the season. Yeah, amen to that. We're talking with Dr. Michael Patrick Barber. He is Associate Professor of Scripture and Theology at the Augustine Institute, of course, in Colorado. So let's talk about some of those myths that frustrate you when, when folks talk about Christmas. Right. Well, one of the things that is uh, not just frankly not true, uh, we often hear that Jesus was laid in a manger because there was no room in the inn, all right? And when you hear that, no room in the inn, it's a little confusing. What's going on there? Is there some kind of, like, no vacancy sign in Hotel Bethlehem, you know, when Jesus was born? Um, what is this in? Well, actually, in the Greek, that, that's not the word. The word doesn't mean in at all. Um, and so what I wanted to show is the actual word that's used there is, is papaluma, which is actually the word for room. So a better way to read it would be there's no space in the room. It's the same word that's used later in Luke's Gospel for the upper room. It's the same word for room. And so it's really significant that Jesus is laid in a manger because the manger serves as a substitute for the room. And when he's later in the room, what does he do? He tells us he's food. Mm-hmm. He says, take this, eat this, this is my body. And so what, is it, what happens with the Christmas story? Well, the Christ child is laid in a manger, which is nothing less than a feeding trough, right? right. That Jesus goes where the food is, and that scene is meant to anticipate what happens later on in the upper room when he gives himself to us as food. So every Christmas, we're thinking about Christ's 
mass. That's what that's what the word actually means. Christ's mass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And every 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 mass is a little Christmas. Because at every mass Jesus is coming to us once again, not just in the flesh, but but to give himself to us as food. Right? So that that's one basic thing. It's like, oh people don't see that because the translation is is, is kind of obscuring um, the connection to the upper room there. So, so what else? Is, that's things. one of them. But give me one, give us one more before we take a break. Another one. Okay, the idea that um, Santa Claus is an enemy to people of Christian faith. Uh, the idea that Santa Claus is like the symbol of the secular Christmas and all this stuff. Uh, actually, Santa Claus comes from Saint Nicholas. Right. And, right. Uh, and if you go back and look at the stories in Saint Nicholas, they're really edifying and quite beautiful. And I told a story in the book of how people in America came to adopt Santa Claus as the patron saint of Christmas. It was because Protestants, not Catholics, Protestants you normally don't like saints. Protestants realized that they needed a figure to um, give people someone to emulate. This is what it's like to be Christ-like. Uh, and there, I tell the whole story in the book, but it's an amazing, amazing journey from Nicholas to Santa Claus, and it was really all done in Protestant circles. Uh, so what happened in the Middle Ages was uh, French nuns uh, began giving gifts to children, and they would sign the gift from St. Nicholas, because Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, that you should give in such a way that your right hand doesn't know what your left hand is doing. Mm. And so from very early on, it was understood that to be a Christian giver was to be a secret Santa, right? We don't want people to know where the presents come from in accord with Jesus' message. And in fact, if you read the early life of, of Nicholas, he lived that principle. He gave gifts in secret. So he becomes kind of like the Christian saint that is like the patron saint, of what it means to live out that mandate from Christ to give in a secret way. Your father who sees in secret will reward you, Jesus says, right? Uh, and that's yeah. where the whole idea for Santa Claus comes from, really. It's it's so frustrating to me that people don't look further into the life of of Saint Nicholas because well you know his his tomb he's buried in Bari at the beautiful uh, cathedral there I've been there and and mm-hmm. the, his life story about how he defended the faith I mean he's just it, it's really beautiful so if you only concentrate yeah. on the image of Santa Claus and don't look at the life of of this great saint you're missing so much yeah one of the things that frustrates me about him too is he was a gentle holy man and this idea that he hit or struck the heretic Arius at the Council of Nicaea is completely not true. There's no evidence to support that whatsoever. And it really bothers me that people want to propagate this myth of him basically being some kind of Christian bully or something like that. Totally not true. There's no 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 historical evidence to support that whatsoever. How did and that so get started then? Because that's what that's a lot of what he's known for. But I thought it was more in in a good way, not promoting violence, but that he just got so frustrated yeah. that, with the ridiculous nature of what yeah. they were trying to say about Christ. Uh, how did that get started? This, this comes hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of later after him. Somebody mentions this uh, in a later account of his life, but it's not in the it's not in the ones that are the earliest, the most reliable, or even in the ones that are the most famous. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it didn't happen. 
All right, seriously, I have so many questions. And as I said, as a, as a fellow writer and author, I love the way you broke this book down using the titles of various Christmas carols that are near and dear to our hearts. In your first chapter, Dr. I'll Be Home for Christmas, the introduction, you have a section here, What Everyone Should Know About Christmas. What were the most important points you were trying to get across here? Right. Well, the main thing that I wanted to explain to people is that Christmas ultimately has its home in the story of Jesus' birth in the Bible, right? And so if we want to experience that homecoming that we often sing about, I mean, there are many, it's funny, right? There's no, there's no catalog of Labor Day music, right? <laughs> there are, it, it'd be hard to think of too many New Year's Day songs. You might think of one or two songs, but... Christmas has its own catalog, right? And mm-hmm. so many of those songs tap into things that are near and dear to our heart. And they, we often think about, think about, for example, going home for Christmas. I'll be home for Christmas if only in my dreams, right? Or I'm dreaming of a white Christmas like the ones I used to know. And so we have these deep aspirations that are, that are connected, that are bound up with Christmas. But oftentimes people end up disappointed and disillusioned at Christmas because they feel like, well, it wasn't all that I was hoping it would be this year. Now, what I want to explain to people is if you really want to enter into Christmas for all it's worth, you've got to understand that it's ultimately about, well, what's in the name? Christ, Mass, right? These two things is really what is at the heart of Christmas. And um, if we want to find homecoming, if we want to find reconciliation, if we want to enter into that peace that the angels talk about in the story of the angels in the field in Luke chapter 2, that Linus from the Snoopy movie tells so well, uh, if we really want to enter into that, then we, we have to recognize that Christmas has its deepest meaning in the story of God giving us the greatest gift of all, and that is His Son, mm. who comes to save us. Okay, I want to jump forward to chapters 8 and 9, because I love the shepherds, and I love their story. And also, I I think the Magi uh, are pretty amazing in terms of what Mm -hmm. they went through to follow the star and and what we know about them. Uh, And and we know that everything is kind of pulled together in in the manger scenes, and we know that there's separation between when they actually visited Christ. But I think their story, of even though they weren't uh, right Jewish, they still understood the stars, and, and, and they followed it. So let's go first to... Angels we have heard on high. Now, I'm sure you've been to the Holy Land and in Bethlehem, Shepherd's Field, mm-hmm. which to me, mm-hmm. it, you get this impression that it looks a lot like it would have looked 2,000 plus years ago. You're standing there overlooking the valley, and you can imagine right. it. And I know that actually in terms of um, excavations that they've done, they found some very interesting writing on the walls there confirming that this actually was the spot. So tell us about, you, you talk in here about shepherds and the tidings of comfort and joy. Uh, what was your main point in this chapter, Doctor? Well, one of the amazing things about that whole scene is that it's juxtaposed against the backdrop of Caesar's census, right? So we don't have time to get into all the details, but basically everyone has to go to their hometown to be enrolled uh, because the king of the world at the time, uh, the king of Rome, Caesar, had demanded it. And against that backdrop, we have the birth of Christ the king, uh, but he's born in very humble circumstances. And so from a worldly perspective, it looks like Caesar is the one who's calling all the shots. But the angels come and let us know that, no, here is the true king. So we have these angels appear, and we read that um, there appeared with the first angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. What is that word, host? 
It's not mm-hmm. someone who entertains guests at a party, you know, but I think that's what people hear, right? The word of host there in Greek is stratia, and it's the word that's used for armies, right? And so the idea is here you have the heavenly army who have come, who are far more powerful than the, than the you know, Roman soldiers at the command of the emperor, but you have these heavenly armies, and what are they doing? They're not, they're, they're not brandishing swords, they're brandishing songs. They're worshiping the Christ King, and they sing a song that we all know, Glory to God in the Highest. It's what we sing every Sunday, because like I said earlier, every Mass is a little Christmas, because just as Jesus comes to us in a manger, uh, he, he, uh, in, in the Christmas story, uh, he comes to us in the Eucharist, and so we sing the same song that happened when heaven touched down to earth mm. in Bethlehem, right? And well, what's interesting then is uh, Gregory the Great, who writes in the 500s, points out that it was angels who barred humanity from the Garden of Eden. After Adam and Eve sinned, um, he says there was discord between us and the angels, right? There's that cherubim, and a cherubim is a, it's a heavenly being, and, and Christian tradition comes to be understood as an angel, right? Well, uh, Gregory says it's significant then that on the night of Jesus' birth, it's angels who announce that we are now no longer cut off from their friendship. This is a great book to get, and, and really just to, to have with you to truly understand it, because not just for the Christmas season, but as you said, Doctor, to understand the connection between the manger and the mass as in christ mass doctor thanks so much his new book is the true meaning of christmas the birth of jesus and the origins of the season you can get it through ignatius press or through the ewtm religious catalog great discussion with dr barger we are definitely having him back on because i have like a gazillion other questions that i want to ask and i know that you want to know about as well really great book very beautifully put together CMF Curo is a Catholic health care ministry providing families nationwide with a better solution centered around whole health, spirit, mind, and body. Our members share their medical burdens within a faith-filled community. At CMF Curo, our members have access to a spiritual director, concierge services, and other health and spiritual resources. Find out if CMF Curo is a better solution for your family. Visit MyCatholicHealthCare.com. That's MyCatholicHealthCare.com. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Hi, this is Vanessa Denhagarmo, and this Advent, you can grow closer to Christ as a family with the help of the Catholic Home app. That's Catholic H-O-M. It stands for Households on Mission. With the Catholic Home app, you'll have access to creative activities, engaging resources, and an active community backed by expert support. Now get 50% off your first month when you go to Catholic Home. Download the premium version and use code ADVENT. That's CatholicHome.com, code ADVENT. Do you own popular index mutual funds or ETFs? If so, you're automatically owned shares of companies that conflict with your moral beliefs. Ave Maria mutual funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. 
The experienced professional portfolio managers make decisions based on investment fundamentals and pro-life values. You can learn more about Ave Maria Mutual Funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. I hope you know how much we appreciate your listenership here at the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network as well as the Ave Maria Radio Network. And we always say we are all about the resources. So just remember, anything you hear daily on this show, you can check out. You can go to, for example, the EWTM Religious Catalog through EWTM.com. You may also go to the archive section of Catholic Connection at AveMariaRadio.net. And all the resources are there for you. This is also a great way, by the way, to witness. Sometimes if you're challenged by a friend or a loved one on a particular topic and you hear us talking about an issue, right, that has come up, especially, right, over the holidays or a special occasion, you can go to or tell your friend or family member with whom you're discussing something to go to one of these sites and to listen to a program, or you can send them to the link to the program and they could hear it for themselves. That's why we call Catholic Radio part of being a member of the shy evangelist family right because we do the evangelization for you and you can pass it on we'll talk to you in the next edition of catholic connection thanks again for listening you've been listening to catholic connection with Teresa tamio catholic connection is a co-production of ave maria radio and ewtm radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection. Shining the light of truth on the path of salvation. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Registration is now open for the 2023 Young Catholic Professional Conference, The Little Way. Inspired by the writings of St. Teresa of Lisieux, The Little Way is a simple approach to spiritual life that seeks to do ordinary things with extraordinary love. The YCP Conference will take place from April 21st through April 23rd at the Hyatt Regency in Frisco on Preston Road. The conference includes guest speakers, mass, confessions, networking opportunities, and a gala. For more information and to register, visit youngcatholicprofessionals.org. Jim Tuohy was friend and legal counsel to Mother Teresa for 12 years before her death in 1997. 25 years later, his book about her life, To Love and Be Loved, a personal portrait of Mother Teresa, shares first-hand stories about the woman behind the saint, from how she dealt with worldly affairs to a detailed account of her death. Online and in bookstores everywhere. To Love and Be Loved, a personal portrait of Mother Teresa, also available at agingwithdignity.org. That's agingwithdignity.org. Blessed be God, blessed be His holy name, blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man, blessed be the name of Jesus, blessed be His most sacred heart, 
Blessed be his most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary most holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth, and North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Catholic Radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.